This is the Team Lotus Cares podcast. We connect with business owners and managers to protect your business from cyber attackers while providing business clarity empowered by technology. You can make technology for your business more productive, secure, and simple. Now, here is Maria and Curtis. Hey, good afternoon. I should say good day because we don't know when you're listening, but it's afternoon here. We're at the uh, Lotus Management Services Global Support Center recording our podcast today. Hello, Maria. Hey, Curtis. How's it going? Good, good. Welcome, everybody, to episode 31. We, I know we've been doing some traveling lately and meeting up with a lot of uh, our fellow IT business owners and managers and, and IT folks and security people. We've had a lot of meetings in the last couple of weeks, that's for sure. And we've uh, definitely uh, added some sky miles. So we've been very busy and some hotel points. At least I hope so. Maybe we can use them this summer. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. If we can get a moment edgewise to do so, it'd be fantastic. A couple of things we want to jump into quickly today on the podcast. There are a couple mobile device issues that we need to take a look at. Number one, this comes out of Google. Their Project Zero team has discovered multiple security flaws with Samsung Galaxy smartphones. Now, this is a scary one. The only thing a hacker needs is the victim's telephone number. And they can work this compromise in the phone without the user ever knowing anything is wrong. And then they're going to be able to affect the device silently, remotely, and then be able to exploit the data on that device. Any data you're putting in that device, including passwords, pins, MFA codes. So this is a scary one. And the folks at uh, Google are saying there's only one way to fix it right now. They don't have a fix because this is a pretty severe, deep problem, but it affects a number of Samsung Galaxy phones, Vivo phones, Google Pixel 6, 6 Pro, and some uh, wearable devices as well. What you need to do is turn off Wi-Fi calling. And we'll have a link in the show notes that tells you how to do that, but turn off Wi-Fi calling until the fine folks at Google are able to fix this. It's scary. <laughs> Definitely scary. Moving on to uh, iOS and macOS. You're not left out this week. We have a vulnerability for you as well. This affects iPhone 8 and later, iPad Pro, all models, iPad Air. Uh, essentially, just about every iPad that's current. And then macOS Ventura. I mean, Mac's running that. What you need to do there is make sure you get the latest security update that's available. There are two zero-day vulnerabilities. Now, they're not saying what they are. They don't want to give away a lot of details, but coincidentally, the FBI issued a warning to travelers to avoid public USB charging stations that you can find in airports, hotels, and other travel hubs, uh, restaurants, things like that, coffee shops. If you're going to have to charge your device, iPad, Mac, iPhone, be sure that you plug in an electrical outlet and use a personal USB cord that you have brought with you. Don't ever, by the way, take a USB cord from somebody you don't know. It's as bad as taking a thumb drive from somebody you don't know. But um, but again, coincidentally, they're asking, A, to, to get your device updated and to be aware of what we call juice jacking. We had a show about this recently, an episode. And uh, so if you have an opportunity, get that stuff taken care of. 
that is, you'll find a copy on our blog and we'll have a link again in the show notes. So scary week for mobile devices and issues this week. Oh, hence the um, term zero trust, right? Yes, exactly. It's like, you know, um, our technology world is just everlasting. Um, these, uh, you know, fine folks, criminal folks that, um, are just, this is, this is what they do. One of our travels a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this earlier that this uh, gentleman pointed out to, you know, when he's talking to folks. And one of the biggest things he hears is that they'll say, what would somebody want with me? I'm, I'm nothing. You know, and, and he said, but think about it this way. The people that are attacking you probably do not live in the United States. They live in a country where standard of living is much lower, per capita income much lower. He said ten or $12,000 to them is a year's worth of salary, a lot of salary. That's a well-paid person where they're at. So he, he said, you know, think about it that way, that these people, how much time do you think they're going to put into hacking you? Just to get ten or twelve thousand dollars. All of a sudden, their investment seems small. Yes, exactly. So, you know, and and there's also the other sides of it. And by the way, these guys are getting good. These hackers, I said, guys and gals, uh, they're getting very skilled at this. And so they aren't just coming in for ten or twelve thousand dollars. We've personally known folks who have lost nearly fifty thousand dollars. I've uh, known uh, some uh, folks that we work with that they've had clients who have lost a hundred thousand dollars. And some of it happens like that, or it seems like that. It's just overnight you've lost that much money. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, we're blessed to live in, in a country that, you know, these numbers can, we, you know, capitalistic system, we can just, in a blink of an eye, make, you know, $40,000 for some of us. And then some of us, we have to work a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. But that is definitely a huge carrot for other countries that, um, could probably feed their families for quite some time. Yeah, probably years. So, so one of the big things, you know, it's funny, pre-COVID, I think if you talk to most people, they had no idea what you'd be talking about when you mentioned supply chain. But in COVID, we were all introduced to problems with the supply chain. As ships stuck out at sea, unable to get unloaded, trucks backed up, things not being manufactured. And some things are still suffering supply chain issues. We are. I know the automotive industry still is getting better, but they're dealing with these issues as well. But what we're going to talk about today is supply chain attacks. They're up in the last three years, 742%. In other words, more than seven times more than they were three years ago that we're seeing supply chain attacks. Now, what is a supply chain attack? What it is an attack on the vulnerability or weakness in a third-party supplier system that's exploited to gain access to a company's data or systems. Now, I can tell you that Maria and I have lost a lot of sleep thinking about this because we know we're a third party to a lot of different companies. Yes. We are a prime target. The FBI has alerted us firsthand. You are a prime target for a supply chain attack on your clients. Probably one of the biggest ones we've seen in, in our industry is a SolarWinds cyber attack back in 2020. Hackers were able to compromise the company's network management software. Now, it's not software that we use. We're not, we never have used SolarWinds. But, um, but again, we do have constant communication with the 
software vendors we do use as far as what their structure is and, and uh, how they are doing things as far as managing the threat from their end because their target, because the hackers, again, know if they get into that software, then they have access to us and then they have access to our clients. It's almost almost like multi-level marketing. Yeah, it's a ripple effect for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I was having a conversation not that long ago with someone that, um, you know, and it's it's good that I heard this because um, we know it from internally because we deal with, you know, insurance companies that are, you know, sending out their audits. Um, there's compliance level, you know, different levels of compliance and different regulations that regulate the different types of industries. So when I hear I'm um, talking to like a, a CFO that's, you know, it's like, well, if you're going to become our vendor, you need to be vetted. That was kind of refreshing. Yeah, absolutely. It was very refreshing to, you know, to think that it's like, okay, so somebody is applying this. This yes, is awesome. Absolutely. And it is, it is, you know, our, our, our industry is definitely aware of it. We were just in an industry event and they, there is a huge focus on this supply chain issue. Matter of fact, I rarely remember that a CEO of one of these larger vendors would come sit down and talk to us as a group. Once in a while, you would see, especially if it was a smaller vendor, but now even some of the largest vendors, vendors that have arenas named after them, are coming in and sitting down at least once a year and saying, here's what we're doing to tackle these issues and how we're protecting ourselves, hence you, and then ultimately your clients as well. And you're seeing more and more focus groups from these um, um, organizations as well. They're True. supplying us. Um, they want to know firsthand, you know, what are you experiencing with your clients? How is that affecting them? What kind of problems? So it's not always, you know, um, the silver lining or anything of that nature, but also, you know, they want to hear the, the ugly. Um, so these type of events can be prevented. You know, we have enough history now, right? And now there's regulations that are, are coming in and piping in and saying, now you have to do this and this is your deadline. Um, so we saw this coming, right? And so in gearing up, coming from a liability standpoint, making sure that we hit this off as best as possible to protect the clients that we're actually protecting. Um, and then be able to shift in the event that something like this happens, you know, it's, it, instead of, you know, getting hit at the juggler and bleeding out, you're minimizing that until you can able to um, effectively put a solution in place. Um, you know, and, and sometimes it's, if it's figuring it out with the tools that we do have available. So these focus groups help for that. Um, and when these vendors are coming in and saying, this is what we're able to supply to you. And they're very open and making sure that communication goes both ways. I think that we have to do this in today's environment. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and even the people that are investing in this space. Yes. Are reaching out. I, I've, I've had conversations with a VC before then, and they've shared their concerns about getting into this space. And they want to make sure that, the, you know, the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted because they know ultimately the liability will go back to them. But do you think that's enough? I don't think that's enough. I don't think crossing your T's and dotting your I's. Oh, no. No, it's not enough. That I, mean, I all of a sudden becomes a capital I and doesn't need a dot. <laughs> I know one of, the, one of the things we've done ourselves um, that make us somewhat unique, not everybody is doing it. Matter of fact, I don't know a lot of companies that have done this yet that are in our space. Uh, Maria spearheaded this about uh, three years ago, I think it was. 
to begin to be audited by a third-party firm. So we brought in an outside security firm. Yes. They audit us. We be, you know, gained a level of certification with them. Now they have multiple layers of certification that we're working our way through. They say security is a journey, and we say the same thing. Yes. Security is a constant journey. But with what, a moving target. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they are and it's, so this is not it wasn't a one and done three years ago. We've had an ongoing relationship with this company. Every quarter we get scanned. Uh, matter of fact, we had our second um our first quarter scan. Has, was completed, and uh, we had some issues we had to take care of, some uh, things that uh, are not because we've made changes, but because the things had changed around us. Yes. And so, uh, you know, there's some new um, vulnerabilities out there. So we then had a couple of months, and we're working our way through correcting those issues. So that's a, that is a quarterly cycle for us internally that, sadly, every company needs to do. You know, and that's it's interesting that you bring that up. Every company needs to do the these processes. You know, and it doesn't. It's not specific to tech. Um, every industry has some type of regulation that didn't start like that maybe a decade ago, and now today it's a little bit different, right? Um, the FTC is bringing up mandates. It's not just changing things; they're mandating, making sure yeah. that you know, the, and then putting checkpoints in to make sure that they're audited and they and everyone's doing what they can do for the cybersecurity warfare, because that's indeed what it is. This is not just specific to small businesses, but it's also as a whole, as a consumer, you know, we're being affected. So yeah. you may be sitting with the hat of being an engineer or a CFO or something of, something of that nature, but it trickles down to everybody, you know, from the employee, from a potential um, client, um, and all of a sudden these audits and checkpoints um, are important are, are just not something that's negotiable but every industry has that and it, this just happens to apply to us at the moment you know you mentioned the, uh, about uh, warfare it really is warfare absolutely right? uh, so a, a telephone system that's common with uh, companies is uh, called 3cx and that has a serious vulnerability that got into the source code and when i say they got into the source code north korea got into the source That's code. That's the day. And now they have figured out that uh, this group called the Lazarus uh, Group, uh, based out of North Korea, has done this in other pieces of software and other organizations. And we're just beginning to learn the extent of what they've done. It's something we've been tracking ourselves. We've put out uh, a blog post about the telephone system vulnerability and how you can correct the issue. So if you want to look through our blog at lotusbusinesstech.com, you can uh, find that there. But again, these really are foreign attacks. To kind of get back into the supply chain attacks, you know, you mentioned the ripple down effect. Some of the things that could happen include your data becoming inaccessible due to ransomware attacks, somebody stealing your designs and using them overseas to knock off your product. And talk to anybody who has a popular product that that's went viral on Amazon or whatever the case may be. And they will tell you that Chinese knockoffs and, and junk products come out of the woodwork almost immediately, which then people think that that's them because yes. they will flat out just steal your name and your marketing and everything else. And so, you know, it, it, don't give them a leg up in giving them the design through your third party supplier. 
I think because sometimes some of these acts are not as tangible and seen and people don't know, you know, that's affecting them. So they don't know to bring it forward or realizing this is what's happening. Um, Recently, one of our clients gave us permission to use the story that I'm about to share with you. And so this is a little bit more tangible and things that you would expect as far as theft is concerned or something to harm you. You know, you're having the consideration, how do I protect myself and my business? And they, you know, this small fishery, they are considering and putting in cameras and the expense is so great that they're just like, I don't know that this is actually an appropriate time for us to do something like this. All of a sudden it's lobster season and they have, you know, a whole entire ice chest of of lobsters going out to a lot of the restaurants resorts and other clients that are um, wanting to process this and, right and he was and these and were processed lobsters yep everything was ready to go and yep. the trucks are loaded and everything the next morning you know at that particular moment when there's like thirty thousand dollars to in those times of product which today is equivalent to hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah, I, th- I think he said three hundred thousand yeah so all of a sudden what was the cost of that camera system it seemed pretty minute at the moment yeah pretty much nothing yeah, yeah. exactly so um lesson learned um whereas you know you may be ripping off the bandit and you know, having to time invest to ass- assess and audit your current um environment and see how things are going and then us applying the proper you know um, tools to make sure that, you know, that at least you are aware that something's hinky is going on and that you have at least, you know, a resource that's going to be able to help you, an expert that's going to be able to help you to plug in these tools and, you know, remediate whatever the issue may be or protect you so that it doesn't happen. So um, we all do it. Do it when you assess your, your home insurance. You do yep. it when you assess your car insurance. It's like, oh, I don't want to pay that. And then, ah, oh, I should have, could have. <laughs> You know, you know, and it, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I will say in the past, IT has been, we would throw boxes at it. We would sell you a box to do this oh, and yeah. a box to do that. This is different. Yep. This is far, far different. I, I, I'm personally, I'm blessed. Maria's blessed as well in that our background plays into this. She has a background in liability and risk management. I have auditing. Oh my God. The hours of auditing. Ugh. Same here. But my end comes from quality management. That's where I worked for many years in manufacturing. So I, you know, and it's funny, I I had a leadership team that said, hey, IT is a lot like quality management. (laughs) And they plugged me into being an internal auditor and working with their quality management system. But this is much the same way. You need to assess your suppliers. You need to, to have a conversation with them about security. Quarterly checkpoints. Yes, quarterly, you know, depending again on how you're ranking those suppliers, because you're going to rank them as critical, high, medium and low. You know, the people coming in and cleaning the office, they're probably not critical to your operation. But again, you got to make sure that they have they have vetted their people. They have security protocols in place to keep your keys safe and your electronic passes. So it's still important, but it's not as critical as, say, somebody who's a subcontractor that's built that has a copy of your design because they're building out a piece of your product for you. But again, all of these suppliers need to be looked at. They need to be triaged. They need to be assessed. You you need to review their service level agreements. If they do get breached, what do they do? How are they informing you? How quickly are they going to inform you? There's a lot in this and it's not throwing boxes at a problem or software. This is a, a management system 
and a culture, actually. Absolutely. And when you talk about culture, it's like a vendor that actually goes out and, and make sure that their their plans are written um, where that's a requirement and a process that can actually translate to, you know, the service that's being rendered to that client. Um, so if they have that knowledge base and then they're actually going through these processes of getting a third party vendor that's actually, um, you know, checking all these boxes and everything they have is um, documented, that translates to the organization of service that they're going to be able to supply to you, that you're going to gonna be required from you by your insurance companies and other regulatory organizations. Yeah. That's one of the things we learned last week. Um, they were doing some polling of the uh, folks that were at this conference and the number one thing that's driving companies is insurance. Um, you know, and cybersecurity coverage, you know, it's, it, insurance companies are in insurance agents are becoming educated <laughs> on what this is. Now, sadly, granularly. Yeah. And sadly, they are not becoming educated on what it all means. They're just learning how to sell the product, not how to use that product to increase the security of their clients. That, 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 it's kind of the falling off point right now. We see a lot of that, that the insurance agents just fill out this thing best you can. Don't worry about it. Yes, worry about but it. But did you read the small print that yes. we can actually cancel your service because this has not been audited properly? And not pay, not pay a claim yes. because it's not been audited. Like 30% of claims were not over the last two years were not actually fulfilled yes. for such. So then that number keeps increasing. Yes. Yeah, I'm... I'm I'm shocked it's not more since I've seen a lot of really bad insurance forms. So, but uh, hey, coming up next week, episode 32, we're going to have a special guest. Will Ominsky is going to be joining us. Now, Will has been in our shoes and, and has since uh, sold his company and moved into really working with Microsoft closely, hand in hand with Microsoft in developing the modern office. We had an opportunity to work with Will for a couple of days, had a great interview with him. And I will tell you that this is exciting. What's coming down the pike and how it's going to change business. A lot of this driven by COVID and how it's a, driven the modern Absolutely. office. and Simplifying and, things. And also the, the labor shortage of finding local talent. This addresses that as well. So really looking forward to it. We're going to be having uh, Will with us next week. Don't forget every Wednesday, I think it's still Wednesday, Maria puts out her weekly cybersecuritytips.com. She is like a religion for her. Every Wednesday she's up early getting these out to you. And they're timely. And they're really just short things you can do to help maybe remind you of things you should be doing, better password maintenance, and things like that. So little reminders about things you should and shouldn't be doing when it comes to cybersecurity. And again, is it Wednesday those come out? Okay, so a quick update on that as you were saying it. Um, Thursday mornings is actually our, our updated version. So um, everybody has been um, modified and brought over to the new um, cybersecurity tips. And um, yeah, so that's bringing everything current again. Uh, our environment is ever changing. <laughs> so we're trying to keep up. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. So if you want to sign up for those, we have a website for it, weekly cybersecuritychips.com. Go there, sign up, and Maria will get that out to you every Thursday. So I need to remember. That. I just 
figured that I was right late reading my email. I didn't realize it was coming out on Thursday, so I need to pay attention. Join us next week. By the way, you can always check our blog, lotusbusinesstech.com forward slash, I, I don't know if it's forward slash blog, but just look for blog in the header <laughs> if you go to lotusbusinesstech.com and uh, you'll be able to. Uh, yeah, we do have a tab for that. And we and we keep that up real time. Yes. As, I think we're posting just about every day with different things that are going on, different tips, new products that are out and things like that. So, and uh, so look for that. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll uh, keep you updated. Absolutely. Thank you, folks. Thank you for listening to the Team Lotus Cares podcast. This is a free service of Lotus Management Services, business clarity empowered by technology. Visit us on the web at lotusbusinesstech.com.